Dynamite Town Everybody to AEW Dynamite download, and you got your boy Crayfish here with Ooh, SPD Black. Yo, 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 SPD oh, Black over oh, here coming out oh. with the dark entrance, that spooky entrance for sure. Before we get diving into that, you know, I'm watching back our intro uh, video that I always gets me hyped up for the show, and it's fun. You know how long we're doing it is how long my hair keeps growing, man. It's so wild. It's like some of like those clips from the early early on. It's like you know shoulder length now it's coming down real long so it's fun to see that that growth and all that but uh speaking of the the journey of dynamite download man it's been wild that's right we're not going to cut it till forever bro just keep it going and going and going until i get that invite to join the uh, varsity blondes you've been craving it man they they look like they could use some backup with all the stuff that's going on with max caster and the acclaimed i know spd your power of positivity you'd be right in there there's no way that they would be making mean comments to your friends in the varsity blondes you'd have their back no doubt about it (laughs) well speaking of mean comments i mean we kicked off the show with uh mjf on commentary but we did kick off the show. We're going to start off Dynamite Download, right? We're going to dive right into it. There's a lot to unpack. There's tons of segments and a lot of stuff going on. But we kicked off the show in, in a awesome way to get the fans going, get everyone going with, you know, singing Judas in my mind, man. Like the crowd keeps getting louder and louder singing along with Chris Jericho. Man, what a perfect way to kick things off. You hype it up, and then you suck out all the energy as soon as MJF comes out and starts getting on commentator and rips up that sign. Uh, from a fan and then just gets the the most heat that you can get out anywhere so and then we saw it after the match too but you know going into this match you know this rivalry that's been years decades in the making between these two uh, i was pretty impressed with seeing juventude man his high energy stuff i mean the chop battles between these guys was pretty epic uh for a lot of stuff and you know i've said it last week and i'm saying it this week you know jericho is taking a lot of these rough bumps man He's taken, you know, more than I think he needs to take at this stage in his career and this stage in the growth of AEW. Uh, I'm just, I'm kind of surprised. Well, I mean, I get where you're coming from. And, and you know, we saw a trend that's been happening in these labors yeah. of Jericho where you know, even commentary pointed it out, man, that he is just a battle tested, um, you know, right. warrior, man. And he's been going sure. at it. You could tell that these labors of Jericho are really starting to take their toll. I mean, he's, you had both, you had both of his arms damaged tonight. You could see he was starting to get just, you, you could tell Jericho was starting to tap into those reserves just to keep mm-hmm. up with, with Hoovy. And like you said, I mean, the juice was loose, man. Like Hooventude looked like he still could go. Um, Absolutely. It was a lot of fun to see him kind of push the pace a little bit in this one. And Jericho with the stipulation of having to finish the match with a move off the top rope, you know, really pushed him outside of his box. And, uh, you know, 
we've seen Jericho embrace more of a, uh, you know, sig- submission slash brawler technique as he's gone into this chapter of his career. A lot different offensive arsenal from um, than his days of his, as the Lionheart at, at, back in back in the day when he was fighting Juventud. Um, you know, so you got to see the growth of Jericho, and that's the thing I, I think that they're leaning into here, SPD. I think that they recognize this is a this is an ode to Jericho's career, right? This mm-hmm. is this is very similar to that, like the thirty, the list of Jericho, like where you get to see the, the like the the different chapters of this man's career and his growth. Um, and as he continues to get closer and closer to that battle with MJF, which I know we're excited about, um, you, you see this those tolls wearing on him, and I think that that's why they're pushing Jericho to these limits. Because you got to see later on in the show tonight, they talked about it, SPD. Jericho's going to be a commentator on Rampage. Right. Um, who knows if that's going to be the permanent four-man team for Rampage or not, or if it's just kind of for the special debut episode. Um, certainly a lot of buzz around that. And with these tolls, these labors of Jericho, I wouldn't be surprised to see Chris – kind of being featured more in that role, right, in, in a commentator's role, SPD. And I think that that's uh, maybe why he's going on as hard as he's been on the in these labors. He's been going all out and giving us everything that's in the, the, the tank um, because he recognizes that things are starting to come to an end. I, I, I'm I very curious to see where oh, this, how this plays out. I know, I know it bums you out, but – um, you know, Jer- MJF seems intent on making you miserable right now. And, and he's, you know, him coming out after the match, having Wardlow, you know, do the- I love this photo. What a great, I mean, that's totally, that's MJF in a nutshell. That would be it? us I mean, right there doing that That would too. be, that would Got be. the that's shades a, and all. That's a perfect picture, actually. Uh, I love that pic. Um, but, you know, that that's the thing. MJF comes out post-match, Jericho gets the win over uh, Juventud. And honestly, with that super Judas effect off the top rope, what an awesome uh, move by Jericho. I mean, that seems like that needs to be uh, part of his arsenal. Um, yeah, take down MJF with it. Absolutely incredible. It was phenomenal to see that. But the post-match, uh, you get to see it here. Wardlow left him all laying. He, he had no, no – dis- he didn't – it wasn't just content on putting Jericho down. He also beat down Hoovitude post-match. Uh, and MJF was miserable and insufferable on the mic as always. Right. Um, SPD, as a, as an inner circle mark and as a Jericho aholic, um, how are you feeling heading into next week, knowing that the labors of Jericho now now Jericho now that he beat Hooventude, um, and he's been able to survive Nick Gage uh, and, and get past the chairman. He's going one on one with the War Dog, and MJF's going to be involved. Uh, that that's this, the, this, it's stacked against your guy Jericho right now, man. I think we'll have, you know, Sammy come into play with this because, oh, wait, well, didn't he say it any of his matches? So maybe Hooventude comes back to help after what Wardlow did. So that would make sense. And then that set up for a tag match or something, you know, to kind of stretch it out till the that ultimate would make labor. Sense. And, you know, I was, I got, I guess we got some clarification that I wasn't aware of that. MJF is going to be the fifth labor if he does. I thought he had to go through five and Absolutely. then get to MJF. And yeah, so a MJF lot of people thought that up. too. Yeah, so, you weren't okay. alone. Uh, that way we can have Chris heal up a little bit before uh, all out if they do stretch that out. They have that tag match with I Ubi. like that. 
kind of be I think, a... yeah and and then you can just milk because we have four dynamites left until all out and we have this many matches set wow isn't that crazy to think it is dude this it's many nuts. matches in a sold out arena where we're going to be in chicago um but you know both the last week and this week jericho i think only got like 20 percent offense man he was taking abuse after abuse after abuse and he was taking some heavy bumps um, but when MJF came out after the fact, you know, and on the commentary calling everyone in Jacksonville fat walruses <laughs> flapping like seals, I about died laughing right there. Uh, <laughs> but this was a, a – the second half of the match was much better than the first, in my opinion. I felt like it was a little slow start, um, but then ended really strong and then had a, uh, a great story and arc at the end and yeah. then um, continued to, to see what we're going to get – looking forward to next week and we only have three matches announced for next week uh which we'll probably get three more which is very exciting to, a huge week for AEW next week but all in all um it'll be interesting to see how this does end i know we talked about it on friday night flights and fights and i i still can't imagine this being a mjf putting him down a pasture like we saw kind of like malachi black or something or you know do you have two two legends two legends that re really paved the way and started this company all of a sudden the book is closing this early i don't it's know hard. It, it's hard it's hard to say right because i mean um cody still certainly seems like he's in his prime you know but there's a lot of we don't know all the things as cody hinted you know we don't know all the opportunities we don't know all the things that uh Go we with our interview with QT Marshall. Yeah. We got this. We get to see a little bit about what these guys do behind the scenes and so many different responsibilities and roles. I can only imagine the pressure, uh, the multifaceted role that Cody is playing in AEW. Right. He got emotional in his interview, so I, I can you can see, man, especially with this influx of talent, man. SPD, right. there, there's a lot of talent in AEW right now. Perhaps uh, AEW is is gonna try to force to make room for some of this talent. I mean, we're hearing not only the Andrade's and Malachi blacks that made a big statement tonight, both those guys. Yeah. Um, but you're hearing the rumors of CM Punk. You're hearing the rumors of Daniel Bryan. People are, are talking, people are talking about, you know, Bray Wyatt, Adam Cole. I mean, the buzz is around AEW. So, um, you know, you never know what is in store, what AEW has planned for us. That said, um, you know, I think, Let's focus just on next week's matchup, Wardlow versus versus Jericho. Yeah. Um, my pick for breakout star of the year, the Ward Dog. Uh, I know it's I know it's already in August, and and maybe uh, you know this next this next half of the year, basically the next, right. last quarter of the year, uh, Ward Dog is unleashed because we've been calling for it, man. Whenever yeah, you get have. to see this guy, whenever you get to see this guy. Um, in action, his offense is just absolutely brutal. Uh, the F10 that he delivered tonight, post match, and and I I don't know about you, but I'm loving the uh, the thumbs up, thumbs down out of the yes. war dog. I'm loving that. Um, you know, that's very when you take casualties. That's the casualty there for sure. Man, that is a brutal. I mean, we've seen him do it on dark and elevation, where he literally has sent in a body bag in the funeral for some of these wrestlers with that move. And it's impressive stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. And then you, you compare, um, you know, what we see out of the way that MJF has been on commentary, SPD, um, him being involved as a potential referee, uh, being involved in, in that 
capacity against when Wardlow goes against Jericho, man. I mean, you know, he's been very vocal about his criticisms about against uh, Aubrey Edwards, uh, who is an you know she's an untouchable in AEW. MJF has made it very clear that um, mm-hmm. he's he's tired of her. Uh, back and forth officiating. So I know I like that. You know that he's going to be involved in the match itself. It's going to be. This is going to be very fitting um, as the most difficult of the labors for Jericho when you get to see Wardlow going against Jericho. And imagine. I mean, I know there's people out there who, you know, with all the surprises that we've seen, you know, are, oh man, you're going back to you're going to Wardlow. But for us here at Dynamite Download, we said it for, when we were booking the. You know, when we talked to Bonds about this on Friday yeah. night. How would you book it? Bring it home a little bit. We've got the we've got the detour. We got to see the Nick Gage. We got to see the Hooventude. Now bring it home. You know this all stemmed from that blood feud of the Pinnacle and Inner Circle, and I think it mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. It's very fitting that you get to see Mox or you get to see MJF and Jericho going head to head, but with Wardlow being a key player in that. You got to remember Wardlow and MJF were members of the inner circle, folks. That's so true. Allow that playing true. off that heat, playing off Wardlow's got some personal uh involvement in this too, right? Wardlow's right. got some skin in the game on this feud. So he's gonna want to to show out in this match against Jericho. I think that one's gonna be a blast and I and I think it makes a lot of sense to put him up against the war dog. Um how I see that going, it'll be hard to see Wardlow lose to Jericho, um, but cleanly at least. But yeah, I think I think it ha- it happened. You don't do this build without it happening, and, and he will. And I, I, maybe we have some kind of. I mean, we can dissect this on Friday a little bit deeper, but uh, to keep things flowing. But I think we could have somehow Jericho make amends with Gage and Hooventude, and somehow you know. Because MJF is talking so much smack about all of them, maybe they can turn yeah. on MJF ultimately because Nick Inner Gage didn't get paid. You know, I don't like, like what he did with uh, Mike Tyson. You know, he made amends with them. So I think that there's there could be something to that. I mean, it's definitely a huge battle that you got to overcome with the Wardlow or the Ward Dog. I mean, he is essentially the gatekeeper in the pinnacle. So, uh, anyways, let's talk about this. The this, big dog. This last match that was announced, this trios match versus Daniel Garcia and 2.0, new debuts here live on Dynamite. Dynamite debuts against three of the top baby faces and John Moxley and Eddie Kingston and Darby Allen. Give us it. There we go. There we go. Um, but honestly, I think this match was it had its place, and th- this whole card was kind of up and down, so many different roller coasters for me, and so many different blends of talents blends of feuds blends of matches it was and this was another one of those it's like you know debuts of three guys on dynamite and you had you got to give the people what they want with with the three hot baby faces and you know eddie kingston's is consistently getting big pop after big pop after big pop and i love it man this guy is is a a workhorse he is a, a warrior the chops that he was giving were insane and brutal um, and then with, at the end, there's a couple of the, some of my favorite moments is when Sting was getting in the face with 2.0 and Darby comes in right in your face with that, that shoulder tackle. I was like, Oh my gosh. It was like oh, literally in, yeah. in your homes, in the home right there. Hearing, hearing somebody coming along. Am I going to get a little choo-choo out of you? No, 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 no. Keep that conductor hat <laughs> and on, 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 on your side of the table over there, bro. <laughs> um, but anyways, I can appreciate 
good wrestling were good wrestling. You know, I can appreciate that. So that was an outstanding spot. It was a brutal shoulder tackle. Oh. The paradigm shift was sell by Daniel. Was that paradigm shift was – I mean, we've seen a lot of paradigm shifts in AEW, and, and that, was, that was one that, like – I mean, he looked like, – yeah, that sell was phenomenal, but the height that Moxley got on it, too mm-hmm. – that was an awesome uh, finish to that match. And then after the paradigm shift, you get to see Darby with one of the, the best finishers in AEW, the, the coffin drop, gets the crowd popping every single time. Just a blast to see. You know, the, the wild things of Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, and Darby Allen. When you talk about putting together like a, a, a fun, crazy, energetic, charismatic, like just an amazing babyface crew, perfect that just for a will, crowd. Will connect with the crowd. Yeah, you couldn't pick three better guys on the AEW roster than these these guys to put together. They've they've really vibed together well. You know that Darby has had his past with with uh, John Moxley, Moxley yeah. and King Moxley and Kingston have had that back and forth and became brothers again. Uh, just made a lot of sense putting those three together. And although the match kind of felt a little like odd because we sure. know so little about 2.0 and Daniel Garcia um, in, in AEW anyway. Um, it was very interesting to see the mm-hmm. crowd. The crowd ate this match up, man. I mean, the crowd yeah, was popping. And, and to that effect, we have to give two, Team 2.0 and, and Daniel Garcia. Of course, like, you, heal. you have to give them their credit. They made these baby faces look like a million bucks. You talked about it. The they selling, did. the selling from Daniel Garcia, um, just putting over the the energy um, that that this that the the we'll say the wild things brought to the table. It worked, and it worked in a big way. Um, I know that you were eating up the chop battle. Eddie Kingston was going hard tonight, um, and, and honestly, Kingston's made his mo on being somebody who like. Kind of go like goes through the ringer in his matches, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this dude is a grinder. He's a battler. So, um, Agree. I, I, I thought that that he, you know, he ca- helped carry a lot of this match. Kingston, um, he did overall though, dude. The, all three baby faces, even though this felt like it was a random hodgepodge of of uh, talent, you got to remember. We're going back home. We're going to date. We're going back home to Jacksonville. We're we're going. We're we got to throw these fans that stuck st- the passionate yep. ones that were there week in and week out through the pandemic. Um, you know the Sharonicas out there who will drive yep. hours to go there. Right. Um, Give you, the you people throw, what they want. You're throw, You're giving the people what they want. You're throwing them a bone. You got to see some of the most over baby faces go over in a big way. And I think that it, it worked, right? You, you, none of these guys in particular are, are really caught up in a feud in the moment um, that they have to be dialed into. So why not throw them into a match like this? Get the crowd pumped up, and boy, did they eat this match up, man. They did eat it up. And it was, it was a perfect, you know, get the crowd, keep, continue the momentum going on that as well, uh, for that as well. But you know, we'll, we'll shift into um, one of my favorite factions in AEW other than the Inner Circle, the Dark Order, which we are all fans of, the Dark Order. And we saw kind of a surprising twist, and I'm still holding on to hope for a Silver Reynolds tag team opportunity against the Young Bucks. But 
this little promo was, was kind of surprising. And now Hangman, you know, cut ties with the Dark Order, essentially. And he said he, these are his problems that he's got to fix. If they brought him in, he's going to do it on his own. And he felt bad in them a title shot. Uh, and so he wanted to go our separate ways. And so I was really shocked to, to hear this. And, you know, that we saw later on the Dark Order kind of letting, giving Hangman his wishes, you know, you know, let, feeding him to the wolves that he wanted to fight his own battles. And so I know they're listening to his orders, but man, I feel like the Dark Order has been there for Hangman through all this. They haven't, they tried to recruit him, they turned him down, but they still, you know, befriended him and they, they had his back when he needed it. And so I feel like you're breaking this friendship off. Uh, this It's a tough battle to go against the elite alone, man. I have a feeling, SPD. In the end, you're gonna get those warm fuzzies. I, I think. I think this. Like, we gotta remember sometimes. Um, and I even caught myself. You know, like, man, I, I, I bought it hook, line, and sinker that Hangman was sure. not a contender anymore after the after that loss. I kept saying I was like, getting it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I tried afterwards. I started thinking about it. I was like, man, I am such a mark. Like they have me hook, line, and sinker. They have me uh, believing that Hangman's out of the title picture. SPD. I think that you like. I think everything's going to work out. Evil Uno uh, was very he's mature, great. very mature. He's been, a, in he's his been response. a star as of late, in the ring and on the mic. I, I mean, you can't argue. I mean, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson. Um, the, when we get a chance to see Dark Order uh, actually performing in the ring, um, a lot of talent there, man. A lot of talent in that group. And, and I know that they get a lot of love and a lot of buzz because of their personalities and the mm -hmm. humor that they have. Um, and obviously now, you know, the love and respect that we have for them to be the, as the home team of AEW. Right. Um, but, but man, there's a lot of in-ring talent on that crew. Um, and, and I think that, you know, Uno showcased a lot of maturity in his response to Hangman. You know, it's not, it's not about right. like – Friendships sometimes, just like in any relationship, you got to let people let. If, if you love something, let it let it like you know, let it be, let it fly away or whatever. What's that saying? Right. I, oh my gosh, I forgot it. But um, you know what I mean. I like, know what you mean. Let it let it go, and if it comes back to you, um, then it's and it's a real thing. And I think that Hangman, um, you know, his journey, his struggles tonight, um, were indicative and, and reflection, you know, reflective of the pattern that we've seen of hangman. And I think that it's important to note that the story of hangman has been a slow play of a guy who is kind of, he's had those moments and he gets knocked back down and it's always a, his journey has really been about getting knocked down and getting back up. Yep. And, and how many times can the human spirit endure that? Sure. Um, and I think that that's, you know, he's showcasing that right now, how like that question of, how many times can you get knocked back down, knocked down, and how many times can you get back up? Like, how resilient are you? Um, they, it was teased later on in the show that he almost was contemplating asking for forgiveness from the elite or asking for them to mend the fences. Um, I don't know if I read this this whole thing wrong, but. The story of Hangman throughout the show to me tonight was a man that was dealing with loss um, compounded by feeling like he continually, continuously disappoints the people that rely on him or count on him and that he just can't seem to get it all together. 
Um, and it was very fitting that he went back to the guys who were his best friends from day one and mm-hmm. almost was like the battered spouse syndrome where he felt he felt like he needed them. Like there was something unique there. I'm intrigued. Um, and again, they had me hook, line, and sinker. I thought Hangman losing this match last week, based on the stipulations, I thought he was out. And what we saw tonight, and, and we'll get more into it more when we talk about our top performers later in the show, mm-hmm. but what we saw tonight between Hangman and the Elite, I felt like was a, was a very mature telling of a story from evil uno's response to hangman's dejection and grief and sadness right. to hang to hangman's uh you know coming back to the elite it was just everything's really worked for me in, in a in, on all the right levels and i think that this feud i'm more excited about this feud now than i would have been if hangman and, and dark order won that match i wow. like I like it. I like that they're leaning into those un- those characteristics that make Hangman who he is, make him such a lo- beloved baby face. He's he he's always got that chip on his shoulder, that's that sense yeah. of self self-doubt. Um and I think them embracing that even this close to all out is a beautiful thing uh, to me. We're going to have 4 weeks of constant down in the dumps, constant beatdowns and things like that, uh, and now we're going to get the ultimate payoff. I think so. I mean, I, every week it's like different booking in my mind. I'm like, where are they going with this? Where are they it's, going? It's with awesome, this? right? And it's it's it is awesome. And I still still firmly believe we're going to get that main event that we want. And we saw earlier before. Oh, let's you know, get into so this. So this is a three part segment. We had the Dark Order. And then we had the rebuttal by the elite. Then we had the in-ring shenanigans. And the rebuttal by the elite part two was absolutely insane, <laughs> hilarious. You know, we saw there's a lot of nuances and with the wardrobe and things they're doing. And, you know, Doc Gallows stealing SPD shades and wearing a <laughs> Ric Flair robe and the cookie monster. And so this was um, a hilarious segment as always. I mean, they're getting better and better. Doc and Carl challenging the Dark Order. And the young bucks just spinning game, which is the truth. I mean, is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Is there anyone better than us here, the as collective champions? Is there? You're and right. clearly there has not been. And they they cut the the net down because they're the champions. And and what more to do? They've they've sealed their fate with in history at the best champions. And who is going to take them down? And so, I thought it was a a dominating promo. I thought it was a hilarious promo. Yes. Um, and these guys just work so well together. I mean, you look at those guys and it's just like, it, it's true. Like who is going to beat these guys? Who is going to step up? I have no idea. I feel like we can have kind of a more clear taker in terms of hangman dethroning Kenny versus the young bucks getting dethroned by anybody. I have no idea who can dethrone the young bucks at this point. Well, I think that the long-term story there, um, I know that you've talked about Lucha Bros. You've talked right. about, um, you know, to me, the long-term story there is Santana Ortiz getting that right. title shot. I think everybody is is chopping at the bit. Those guys deserve another chance, and, and they deserve a run with the belts. Um, sure. We've seen we've seen the Bucks have the belts, and they've had an epic title run. 
Mm-hmm. We've seen FTR, my guys, FTR, have a title run. Yep. It's time that Santana Ortiz get that shot, get that opportunity to run with the belts. But that said, um, dude, I mean, nobody has been presented as equals to to mm-hmm. the Young Bucks or Kenny. I mean, we've talked sure. about this at length, man. Who will beat the elite? Um, the story here, I mean, and, and let's be real too, like, them embracing and acknowledging that is is a good thing, a part of television, right? That like embracing the man, nobody can stop us. We've challenged everybody. Who on the roster could hold a candle to us? I thought that that was really smart. Um, you know, to to again acknowledge that, mm-hmm. recognize that, and lean into it. It only makes us want to see them lose that much more and and it, and, and t- that said it also puts things in perspective a little bit SPD I think that it's it's really easy to take for granted how good these guys have been but right. I think when you when you have them kind of go like they did tonight remind the world that they've literally run through everybody in the division the tag division and Kenny for him to you know basically be at a point where we all thought hangman was going to be the guy he beat he's beat hangman i mean he's both of these the the whole the elite don Callis has to be smiling ear to ear in those those shades Um, short shorts and the short shorts uh he's got to be beaming because um tonight was was an emphatic w for the elite um they put the wrestling world on notice once again um, reminding everyone why they are the mm-hmm. best in the world, um, and I think that some of the some of the uh, the outfits tonight were hinting at uh, at that, right? Like kind of elaborate. Like what did you What did you see that kind of? Because you pointed out a few things that I didn't really notice and kind of thought of, other than the Ric Flair robe. What well, the I Ric Flair right robe jumps jumps out at you, but then you see that the Jackson brothers, and I know that Hawaiian shirts are are a thing for those guys, so mm-hmm. maybe I'm reading into it a little bit, but. Uh, you know, you see the Hawaiian shirts on the Jacksons, certainly something for those of us who love Bray Wyatt um, and his early days in NXT, kind of in the rocking chair days when he was uh, the lead, the cult leader, he would rock those shirts. And so it was like, uh, mm-hmm. it, it seemed like an, an ode to him. And then Kenny, for me, like seeing Kenny, that, that Cookie Monster shirt, um, you know, CM Punk, there was a lot. You know, CM Punk has always talked like you know, given different answers, kind of like the Joker on what CM Punk really stands for. You know, Chicago made uh, Cookie Monster. You you hear all sorts of different uh, reasonings behind CM Punk, but um, to be honest, having there you go, throwing up that graphic. You see, thank I you, see, Bonds, you, for finding you, this. You see some of those parallels. Um, it, it's interesting. Does I know that. Darby Allen put CM Punk on notice last week. Maybe Kenny's making a subtle ode to uh, to right. CM Punk. I like it. So um, I, I think that again, AEW does such a nice job. Chick Magnet Punk. Um, AEW <laughs> does such a nice job of having layers to their characters, and and that's what I love about what we're developing here. Again. Think about this. Kenny Omega right now is is in a position where uh, Christian Cage, which we'll get into here shortly, Christian Cage is emerging as the number one contender. Talk about it. Hangman Adam Page uh, is in the title scene. Um, you, you got him in a 
Kenny is in a position where he's got multi multiple layers now of contenders chomping at the bit to get a shot. And I love that they are acknowledging the undefeated Christian Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we all agree that the guy who's going to beat Kenny needs to be, at least if we're booking it, yep. needs to be somebody who would get who could get that ultimate rub because Kenny right. it, Kenny is the best in the world right now, right? The best right. bout machine, the belt collector, you name it. Um, having Christian be in that position, Christian Christian's well established as a veteran who doesn't necessarily need that rub from beating a Kenny Omega, but putting him in the ring with a Kenny Omega will only further solidify how great Kenny is. Sure. Because what we saw tonight was another example of a classic Christian Cage match where, of course, man, you're not going to see a million tweets about, oh, my God, did you see that, that, that move? Oh, my God, did mm-hmm. you see that moment in the match? You're not going to see those crazy – the tweets going viral about a Christian match. Sure. But what you will see is consistently well-executed, intelligent psychology in a matchup – uh, almost a flawless match between him and Blade. Uh, again, we've gone in and talked about how Blade is a workhorse. This kid, mm-hmm. this guy, uh, you know, we've been fascinated by Butcher and Blade um, since the beginning, and now seeing Blade kind of get this solo run, we've all seen it. This dude is shredded. This guy can do he, the mercenary wor- vibe is working for him really well. Um, Having him get this chance to go one-on-one with Christian, really, really smart. Um, and, and, again, Christian came out looking like a million bucks uh, going against a strong – like basically one of the strongest pound-for-pound fighters in the company, I think, in Blade. No, I think that's a great way to put it. And, I mean, I completely agree. This was one of – last week I said it, like I was looking forward to this because I knew it would be such a well-wrestled match. And I think it could have been one of the more – uh, technical and well-wrestled matches on the card, and it, it delivered in that sense for sure. Uh, these are definitely two battle-tested warriors going mm-hmm. to battle, and I agree with JR said this, that, you know, the Blade's confidence has improved dramatically, and you can tell both, you know, on in the ring and on screen just mm-hmm. the, the work that he's been doing, and so it's been really fun to watch his kind of, well, Butcher's on the back burner for now, maybe wrestling injury, hopefully we see him back. Um, cause that tag team is definitely one not to mess with, but butcher or blades singles run has been pretty impressive. You know, he hasn't been racking up too many wins, but he's been impactful with HFO and things like that. And so I, I, I like this, this battle and completely agree with you. You're not going to be getting those, uh, you know, must see moments, the wild factors that you're going to be talking about, but you, you can respect it if you're a wrestling fan yes. and respect both guys, uh, giving it all on, on the line for sure. But and that seeing means, that spear, yeah. seeing that spear from Great Christian spear. at the end, I love that, right? Um, and, and Christian's promo, yeah, I like uh, that. Too. Had some humor in it, right? Had some humor singing. in it, uh, singing along with the Lay- for the for Layla. Um, but it, I think that also Christian kind of he, he put all his cards on the table, man. Like I right. think that Christian told it like it, like he kind of spoke the truth, right? And um. He's he came back. You got to remember, this dude came back after seven years off. Right. 
Um, he's not just here to slap his chest and point to the crowd. This guy wants to – And look like, in the crowd. Like we've talked about with Lance Archer, right? Like Lance Lance is at a stage of his career where it's the man has deserved a title run. He's got sure. that opportunity. And I think Christian long-term – it would be great to see him have a, 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 an opportunity to carry a belt for a little bit, but certainly the way he's building this momentum, looking at this chapter of his career, it, it, it's such a I, – I know it might be a very vanilla statement to make, but Christian is such a pro's pro. Um, he really is. Just, every, everywhere he's gone, if you look at his time and impact at TNA, um, everywhere he's gone, this dude – just is so consistent um, and, and a guy who I think is underappreciated in the landscape of, of AEW. So I, I like that he's getting a chance against Kenny. I like, I like, well, that we don't know officially coming. yet, but this is, this is the way I see it going. And I would love to elaborate more on this. We can talk about it at Friday night flights, but I saw it one of two ways, but Penn Penn had a great point. How he said cage is the next contender to Kenny. He puts on his number one contender on the line against Hangman. That's his way in. I like that. Didn't even think of that, but I, I really like that booking. But two, one of two ways, or the two ways of, okay, Christian Cage will not have face Kenny at All Out. He'll do it on Rampage. or you know It makes sense because it's the debut show. You have this headline marquee match. Uh, Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega title shot. Kenny does not win cleanly or cleanly because they're going to cheat the typical way of the elite. That way, down the line, Cage will get his rematch and ultimate get his vengeance. Uh, secondly, I think that will still give Hangman that shot at All Out. Or if for some reason Cage does get that shot at All Out, you have Kenny win, and that's where you debut Daniel Bryan for an instant feud with Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega. You have the crowd sucked all the energy out of the main event because Cage is in it and Cage loses, and all of a sudden Daniel Bryan debuts, attacks the Elite, and the, the the roof is blown off the place. So I think you have to end all out with either Hangman blowing the roof off or debut Daniel Bryan blowing the roof off. Well, you know that. <laughs> you, well, you know that Kenny. Like I said to, to start off this segment, man. I mean, like Kenny right now. I know he's the champ, um, but this is an example where the champ is, is belt or not. Kenny is just must see. Kenny yeah, is must right. see TV. And I think that uh, any program that he's involved in, you know, is going to deliver. I mean, and and the fact that you think about this too, man, like he's going to be in programs with a guy who's 29, 30 years old and hangman Adam Page um, and a guy like Christian who's been, you know, an industry veteran for, you know, right. tw- tw- over, tw- you know, like just it, it just – to, for for Kenny to be in those positions where he's in the Hangman feud, he's got to be the the veteran of that group. He's got to kind of lean into different aesthetics um, than he would against Christian. It just shows how multifaceted he is, and, and I think that Kenny is. When we look back on this run, mm-hmm. um, he's gonna it's gonna be one of those member. It's gonna be one of the. I think one of the defining runs of AEW in this, I know that, um, you know, there's a lot, a, a lot to like about the elite, but, and, and as far as their humor and things like that, but when you actually talk about what they're doing to uh, change the overall structure and vibe of the show, building uh, stars, giving people opportunities, we've talked about it at length, 
you know, the Young Bucks have helped debut the acclaim, Private Party, uh, you know, top, the flight. List, top flight, the list goes on and on, um, and gives some of the best matches of those guys' careers. Kenny's mm-hmm. doing the same thing with Jungle Boy. You, you see a, he's giving opportunities to a lot of these guys, and I think that sure. in the end – the elite are going to be remembered for being good guys. I know that they're, I know that they're the ultimate heels, but I think that at the end, there a lot of fans are going to look back and say, this chapter has helped really, I transform the way we look at the 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 divisions in AEW for the better. You're right. You're absolutely right, man. And um, I am sorry about that. That was a, not what we want. I'm trying to share the next screen. But I wanted to let you do the intro of your favorite person. Oh, well, that's what I was going to say. Talk about changing the landscape of a division. I mean, if we want to get into that, um, you know, the DMD, she closed the chapter, the DMD closed the chapter on Nyla. And and I think immediately we transitioned into, we transitioned into the Red Velvet feud. And what a breath of fresh air. Such a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Red Velvet kind of has mm-hmm. that like that small plucky underdog baby face, not gonna back down for you from anybody, gonna talk trash and and really not afraid um of betting on herself, uh going against the DMD. And again, this is something I've I've always tried to emphasize with DMD. We saw some of this creep out in the Thunder Rosa feud. DMD presented as a powerhouse, right? I, I love when Brit. Is that's one of the things I know there are a lot of things about the Nyla feud that didn't hit for us that mm-hmm. weren't clicking. But one of the things is that I think that Brit has built up this aggressive side of her. And you know, a lot of her offense, when we think about it, um, it works when she can be the like that I don't know, that aggressor, that powerhouse vibe to her, where you know, she's hitting the kryptonite crunch, uh, she's 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 manhandling or you know tossing around the talent and i think that putting her against red velvet that size disparity is going to be a perfect matchup it's going to allow dmd to shine and and this was exactly as as a diehard dmd fanboy here um this was exactly what the fans love about Britt baker this is the version of the dmd that we love to see this is the version of the dmd that we that made her the star that she is that that nasty edge to her. I mean, putting Velvet Red Velvet in her place, talking like Velvet coming out, challenging her, talking smack, and Britt basically saying like, "I beat your ass in less than three minutes last yeah, time." You're we enhancement fought. talent. I mean, Britt was Britt came hard, and I and I and I liked that Red Velvet showed that she's not afraid, that she has that spunk, that firecracker mentality. To come to, to push seven back. Seven straight wins, she said. She had seven straight wins. So she's a different person than what she was when they first time. And so is Britt as she came back with a rebuttal. You know, uh, I'm glad we finally ha- we have a match set for Rampage in her hometown. And so we have the next challenger. And like you said, it works so well in terms of just even the body dynamics. And I, I don't know. Like, I'm surprised with the broken wrist. Like, she's going to be able to fight. And I think you can. That's why she's do- the best in the world, baby. Not, not to not to bit. pick and pick out this segment at all, but it almost really did look like Britt was favoring that wrist like heavily, uh, and at the end it looked like she was in kind of some pain from it. So I know they executed it as well as they could with a broken wrist, with 
with the curb stomp and then the crutch on there with one hand essentially. But um, I, I'm excited for this. And like you said, it's a perfect pairing and then move on from that. And you just keep stretching it out see how it does. And, and my booking still, I still stand by that three on three match that I want to see it all out. Um, if DMD somehow meets some iconic, some, reinforcements. Some, some iconic looking friends and then, and uh, thunder, brings a couple of her friends maybe in tay and anna so i think that would be an awesome booking match fantasy booking but uh it's exciting well yeah i mean and and it sets the stage right brit's going to go to the homecoming she's going to be in in pittsburgh and although you know again the dmd is going to get a lot of face she's going to get a lot of love when she returns oh, yeah. home you know the, the people are going to go crazy for her you and know it. why not serve them up a beautiful rendition of an ass whooping um, Red Velvet showed when she went up against Jade, who I think, again, uh, the seeds were planted for a Jade feud down the line in my eyes when, I, when we get into our women's match later on. Um, but I see it pretty clearly. Um, the, the DMD is going to beat the crap out of Red Velvet and Pittsburgh. But, but, but Velvet, to her credit, when she went against this per, a powerhouse like Jade, she showed a lot of offense that was compelling that, you know, that, mm -hmm. you know, she's willing to throw herself all over the place. She's willing to do whatever it takes to win. Um, and I think that that visual of, of Brit kind of being in control, being that powerhouse velvet, being that underdog who won't give up, that's going to work really, really well. Um, ultimately I think that, you know, in Pittsburgh, they're going to, they're going to eat it up seeing Brit just tossing red velvet around uh, beating her down a little bit. I think that's going to get the crowd going. And again, this is a nice placeholder until we see the long-term who's going to emerge as Brit's next contender. Sure. Now, I know that, you know, I watched Dark and you see Chris Statlander with her promo and they're giving Chris a little bit more opportunity to expand on her character and develop her, her comfort in those areas that we know she still needs to develop, right? I mean, Chris Statlander in the in the ring right mm -hmm. now, I think is as good as she's ever been, and it's only yep. getting better. Um, but I think that he was on Team you, SPD. When you see Statlander cutting promos like you saw on Dynamite, you could say, okay, that's a believable contender at all out. But when you see Thunder, when you see Red Velvet as a contender against Britt Baker, my mind automatically goes to you mm -hmm. know again. Red Velvet, her ties to Mission Pro Wrestling, her sure. ties to Thunder Rosa. Immediately, maybe it's just because I am so obsessed with that feud of DMD versus Thunder, but my mind automatically goes to that, right? You know, you know that Rebel is going to be in Britt's corner. Right. Who who can emerge in Red Velvet's corner to help balance that the tide? You know, balance out that um, that maybe Thunder Rosa, the number one contender moves in and kind of as the mentor kind of steps in and, and emerges as the person who has velvets back. There's so much excitement right now in the women's division. And that's not a surprise in the DMD era, my friend, not a surprise at all. And speaking of eras that are going around the Miro era is looking so unstoppable. There's nothing stopping this man right now. Uh, starting with Redeemer. His, the Redeemer, God's gift right here, you know, God's favorite champion, starting with his new theme song. I know we've talked about it before, but every time I hear it, I'm like, this is a perfect theme song for like a true warrior Redeemer for sure. It fits him so well. 
and the the crowd was hot for Miro. Man, Miro's gonna kill you. Tell and they're chanting. I know he's gonna naturally get over, just like the DMD. Uh, but like you said earlier, give credit where credit is due. Shoddy Lee Johnson, uh, after some early beatdowns, um, really showed some good some some high spots. He showed some good energy, some good in ring work. Had those kicks, those big moves over the top rope onto the mirror outside. And I was actually pretty impressed with uh, his showing and how much Miro let him have when I thought it was just going to be a a complete shutdown. But it was nice to have, you know, the natural kind of out there coaching him in a way. I mean, what more could you ask for? You're a young guy. You're going against having a title match on national TV and you have Dustin Rhodes coaching you ringside. Like, you are in good hands, my man. Seriously. And he showed. And he, he showed to me he belonged in the ring with Miro. Uh, never once did I think he was going to win, but he he gave it his all and he made it an entertaining match. Well, yeah, I mean, Shoddy Lee definitely from the I remember when we first saw this kid to where he is now. This guy's putting in some work. I like absolutely. Dude, he's get he is definitely like he's bulked up a lot, dude, mm-hmm. and, and you could tell. He he's he's building something there, man. You could see that he's not just a one-dimensional. Like he's not. He could have settled in and kind of been comfortable with being that kind of exciting, fast-paced young up-and-comer. But you could tell this dude is putting in the work, um, and he's a great example of what the mm-hmm. Nightmare Family, that Nightmare Factory, is all sure. about. He's a great product of that. You could see the work ethic in this young man. You could see his upside. Um, you know, going in the ring with God's favorite champion is is not a task that anybody um, would would envy. You know, Miro right now is on another level. No wonder why I drafted him to be on the winning team, Team Heel, Team Crayfish. Um, Miro is truly looking to to me, um, and I, as a fan of his his entire career. Miro is hitting on, a, on, a, on another level right now, man. He right. is absolutely killing it. His promo work is on fire. His character work is great. You talked about it in this one, you know, for being a dominant champion. And, and Miro, when we look at the landscape of AEW, Miro has been presented as an absolutely dominant champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Miro's matches are so – they're so – full of those moments where his opponents get that flash of offense against him, you know, like, because Miro's Miro I, is a trademark thing about Miro is that he'll take, he's a tank, right? He'll take it, mm-hmm. he'll take it, he'll take it, he'll take it. And it feels like he only gets stronger and better as the match goes on. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he breaks his opponent's will and breaks their, their body with the game over at the end. But I think that that's another sign of their belief in Miro is that, dude, you you put him in, in a match like this, you give a guy like Shoddy Lee Johnson a big opportunity mm-hmm. on a stage like this, and you could tell Miro, they trust Miro to have a match with anybody, um, and, and for good reason. Uh, the guy just knows how to make everybody that goes against him looks better in the end, even though they they probably end up getting choked out or, or just passing right. out. They always look better because his matches are so consistently well thought out, well played. Um, Miro's on another level, and I think that the question comes up 
um, by a lot of folks. And we've been asking it about all the other championships in AEW, but truly, SPD, like, mm-hmm. who is next for Miro? Um, you know, I don't see this man losing anytime soon. No. Um, and honestly, we've seen him go against a lot of the big young talents in AEW. I don't know if there's a, a contender that really stands out to me in AEW as a believable contender. It's something that we wrestled with on Friday night f- fights and I flights. Know. You know, do you, do you lean into a returning Kip Sabian? Um, well, that's what I thought would be cool for the, for all out would be Kip Sabian. And then you have Lana debut and all that happens. I think that would be a pretty impactful thing. Like we talked about, but I think for the, the time being, the only thing that really stands out would be is you have Luchasaurus go against them and then ultimately lead it up to a jungle boy match. Like, I think that could work. Um, you know, I, that would be kind of out of left field, like Luchasaurus. Oh, you're a big man. I'm a big man. Let's challenge. Let's fight, whatever, you know, it would, it would be a fun match. I'd want to see Then that way you can I know. build onto a you jungle love boy yourself match. Some Luchasaurus, but I like, but I like what I you're know. saying. It makes sense. I get it's what you're saying. Think about, and I think we should, we should uh, talk about it on Friday, Friday, which this Friday is our last Friday night flights and fights before rampage. And so just thinking it's about change that, everything, the landscape is going to change for sure. You know with our it. Friday night show. So we're, we're programming TBD. You might, we're going to do a pre-show or something like that. I don't know. We, we're going to talk about it, but programming TBD. Cause we know AEW came for dynamite download spot on Friday. Cause they knew it was that coveted 10 o'clock hour on Fridays. But anyways, yep. the women's match, we got the bunny versus legit Layla Hirsch. Um, which we've all been pretty high on with her in-ring stuff. And and each week, she's another one of those persons that with her confidence consistently growing in the ring, and you'll you see it in the way she – her body language. You see it in her in-ring stuff. Um, and there was – all in all, this match I thought was very well wrestled by Layla and Bunny. I think she sold very well. Uh, told a good – Good story. The second half of the match was much better than the first half, in my opinion, after the commercial break. There was a lot going on other than the match in this as well. It was kind of distracting to me with having HFO, Best Friends, and Nyla Rose, everyone ringside. Let's just focus on the performers. I get the NWA champion, Camille, ringside. I like that, um, but I don't – let, let them have their time. Don't get distracted when you have one women's match. Don't get so distracted with the out-of-ring out shenanigans. Well, but it worked. No, see, and, that's and where like, you and I are going to disagree because I like – you know me. I like when they like have the multi-layers. They have relationships. They have mm-hmm. lots of pots on the stove. I really like that. I like that you're seeing – you know. Camille getting kind of showing her face as the NWA champion that that you see Nyla watching, you see, you know, you hear right after this match, you get Jade kind of a a Jade promo coming and kind of hinting toward to me. Mm. I know that uh, we're going to see legit Layla versus Camille. Um, And as a DMD fan, I am so cool with, uh, (laughs) with, with the potential of Jade one day going against Camille because if you can keep Jade distracted for as long as possible, I don't want her anywhere near the DMD. I want the DMD's title reign to be nice and long and last for – just stretch that baby out for the next maybe two, three years. Just let DMD title reign for as long as possible. But Jade is somebody who I view as 
a dark horse uh, that as a DMD fanboy kind of scares me, kind of worries me, right? That's and, why she was drafted on Team SPD. I know, I know. It wasn't enough to get you over the hump, but I understand where you're coming from. Um, Small pool. I like Camille uh, and, and the work that I've seen and just the visual of Camille against Layla. Look at yeah, that look at visual, that. folks. I mean, look at that visual. Um, for those of, it, Goliath, those of you sure. who are joining us on YouTube, look at that visual. What a what a dominant force Camille looks like. And Layla, Layla again, that baby face, that underdog, this is going to be the ultimate David versus Goliath match. But if this ultimately Camille's – presence as we've seen with former nwa champions with thunder rosa mm -hmm. and and serena deeb if we see this relationship play out like i hope it does right and we get to see more camille in AEW, dude shut up and take my money right <laughs> now camille versus jade cargill powerhouse versus powerhouse Oof. that match is where the money's at um you're right I am, and, and, and let brit let let Brit and Thunder carry the the women's division with that huge title. The, the, let that feud go. Um, develop stars like Statlander and Conti. But Jade versus Camille is a, is something that's a program that I want to see. Um, that said, let's. I don't want to get off the tracks here. Reel me in, SPD, because you know um, I could just talk. I could talk about DMD all night long. Here. I know. Legit Layla Hirsch getting this big win against the Bunny. And, and honestly, again, huge win. A lot of fans of Legit Layla out there, right? I mean, I know that there are people out there who have been calling for her to join Team Tez. Yeah, there was a sign in the audience. I um, saw that. It was pretty smart, cool. right? Everybody sees that human suplex machine mentality. Um, but, dude, this visual that you got to see at the end, Layla kind of establishing a nice victory like the arm bar the mm -hmm. psychology involved in put locking in that arm bar against sure. bunny at the end and and having that david versus goliath leaning into her being the smaller competitor i think it's going to work wonders for her and i think in 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 this kind of style matchup with camille she's going to come out looking really good in the end for for all all intents and purposes i really believe that It'll be like a Darby Allen versus Brian Cage kind of match, and you saw who prevailed in that one. Um, let's shift into the main event. Uh, this was such a packed dynamite. I'm wearing my Cody Rhodes shirt uh, in honor of Team Babyface being drafted on uh, Cody Rhodes himself. But Malachi Black, his in-ring debut, uh, started off with an absolute bang with his entrance, his horns he was wearing, the mask he was wearing. Everything about this was I was just like popping for at home. I mean, this was absolutely incredible entrance, and I was I loved how they booked this. This this was to me, we we were I was hoping for this, and you know, back everyone in the back of our minds, I'm sure was thinking like, you know, let's not have this be another time where Cody wants to put a new talent down or anything like that. And so I was very pleased with the result of this. This was an, an absolute convincing win. Uh, that top rope spot onto the table uh, was brutal. And then just that knockout kick, which Malachi Black's roundhouse kicks are second to none in the industry. And boy, oh boy, can he, he connect with those. Um, but the he match looks better itself. better now than he did when he was in WWE, too. The, to, to me, as, as somebody who's seen him, um, 
definitely, definitely more. I, I, he's in the peak condition that I've seen him in, um, and, and for good reason. Um, it's sure. evident that AWs will like they they're gonna strap, they're gonna strap like strap a rocket to this dude and sh- and like just let him. The crowd is showing it too. Yeah, man, the crowd was hot for this. His entrance was a banger. Um, which I mean, kudos to this dude. He just knows. He knows how to the the art of performance. I mean, he just he knows how to play to the crowd. He knows how to mm-hmm. kind of keep that mystique, that aura, just that ambiance. Indian style in the middle of the ring, waiting. You get when you get to watch this guy. Um, He's a scary guy too. Yeah, I mean, and I think credit where credits due. I think Malachi is going to get a lot of credit for how he showed out, you know, in his debut match in AEW. But man. There's no wonder why he debuted against Cody, man. I, I I wanted to put this out there in the universe. I just didn't know how to do so on Twitter with the, with the way the match ended and then bled into a very perplexing promo afterwards. But, dude, mm-hmm. Cody, Cody's got to a point now, and I'll even admit it, that I've fallen, I've fallen into this trap. But I feel like Cody is, is so consistent – um, that he's become underappreciated by a lot of people in 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 AEW fan, you know, the, the landscape of AEW. Like I feel like Cody is such a sure such a great foundation for matches. The guy is so smart and he knows how to to tell an abuse sometimes I i I'm gonna admit the 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 epic Cody Rhodes match that trope has worn thin at times in the past to me um, when he's done that epic match against talent. The that, you know, the, yes. Right. Talents that maybe shouldn't be on the same level as a Cody Rhodes, but man, when, when you put Cody in the right situation with the right, right opponent, th- it's hard to find a guy in the business that just gets it like he does. And yeah. It's no wonder why Malachi looked as good as he did because Cody. I really felt like Cody did it. He did the the Lord's work tonight and putting <laughs> Malachi over. Um, I mean, so happy going for through it. So going happy. through the table like you talked about, like everything about it. Um, the mystique that the, the like allowing uh, Malachi to really Malachi countering the crossroads uh, with that nice knee to the face. Um, a lot of a lot of cool things that happened in this match, SPD. But I think the overarching story is that Cody uh, was going to get put down by Malachi, and that was the intent of it going in. Malachi, we've heard that story right. before. Brody Lee, when he debuted, he wanted to put him down. Lance Archer. Um, and I, I'll always remember that Caesar O Caesar promo by Jake Roberts when Lance came into the, the scene. All right. There's something that feels different about the way this feud is playing out. And I know it's early, um, but I think that Cody's at a different stage, uh, maybe mentally, life-wise. I mean, he has, he has a, a beautiful wife and kid, you know, and, and, and so you start to think about, Maybe Cody is willing to put Malachi over in the ultimate way. That post-match segment 
left a lot of us wondering. Yeah, I was. I mean, I need to let it digest, and I want to kind of talk more in depth about it on Friday. But I, I didn't know it was kind of came out of left field, like Cody hinting at leaving his boots and retiring. Um, I feel like that would be a, mis- a mistake. The guy is still in his very prime, and it's such an infancy company. Um, obviously, he does more than just wrestle, but for him to put over Malachi was awesome. I mean, he put over a lot of people, including the great Brody Lee, um, and the the pin and the finish was very surprising. And so uh, I'm happy for it, and I was pumped to see Malachi reemerge at the end and kind of stop Cody. So I think that was you you reel us all in and you get us all bummed and sad uh, for most people. But there was still a hint of the crowd wishing Cody goodbye. Everybody's going to kind of like the John Cena like me, There are going to be people like me who are cheering the heels. That's always yeah. going to happen, right? I get it. I know. So I, I'm hoping this will just either we don't see him for a bit. He's recover or this feud kind of continues a little bit more and Cody doesn't leave. Um, but I really... I enjoyed the, the way this was told. It was a f- quick match and a convincing one and a way to really elevate Malachi. But, like, what, what's what's next with Malachi? If, if Cody is off the sh- on the shelf for a little bit or it out, out of the picture for a little bit, I don't know what would be next for him off that I'm thinking of, but I think you have yourselves a, a instant star right here, and that's why he was my top performer of the night. And even though I am Team Babyface and wearing my Cody shirts – Malachi Back's in-ring debut was uh, probably the most impressive we've seen out of the the most re- one of some of the most recent in-ring debuts. You know, Andrade was you know it was a fine match, but it got the picture-in-picture treatment. This got the main event treatment, and as it should. And so, who else other than his debut in the last let's say six months are you most impressed with? that really kind of made a, a wow factor. I mean, yeah. I mean, on their, on their initial debut, you're right. right? Initial they, debut. Yeah. Match. I mean, this is, this is a big debut going against Cody, putting him like the entrance was absolutely epic by Malachi. And, and again, that dude is, that dude's a brilliant performer. Um, he gets it. Um, convincing win against Cody, put him down and then came back and beat him down again after the match and left him laying and really ruined a, a a moment that was shaping up to be perhaps the biggest moment in AEW history. I mean, you, right. you got to think about what Cody Rhodes means to AEW. Sure. Him hanging up the boots or, or leaving them in the ring and, and kind of walking off. That could have been the biggest moment in this company's history to this point. Yeah, Malachi, Malachi made sure to, to ruin that. Um, so I understand why Malachi was your pick. Absolutely great pick by you. Uh, can't argue that. Um, for me, I picked Kenny. Um, you would. There, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons. My number why. one overall pick or there's second a, overall pick. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of reasons why Kenny was my pick. Um, first and foremost, I, I feel like the feud of of Hangman versus Kenny really had a nice progression tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that coming off of last week's show, I had a lot of questions about where things were going to go with Kenny and that AEW world title picture. Um, for, I'm telling you, man. Uh, from 
their backstage promo to their in-ring promo and beatdown yeah. of Hangman, Kenny just stood out to me tonight. Um, and I think that far too often Kenny kind of um, – Kenny can kind of get taken for granted. Like, I mean, and, and I think that the elite sometimes, we just talked about it with Cody, but sometimes the elite get taken for granted for what they do week in, week out. Kenny is not getting the love that he deserves. And so for me, I've realized for it's been a while since Crayfish has thrown a bone to to, to uh, our world champion. The I know, it has been. And, and as, as Team Heel, I feel like he really – he set the tone tonight, and I, I I love how this overarching story is not obvious. SPD, you talk about it, man. Like, yeah, there's a lot of pieces that still feel like they're moving around right now, as we're inching closer to all out. Sure. And for Kenny to keep all these things swirling around the elite, at not only justifiable and relevant right but interesting and moving forward I, I think that 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 takes a lot of talent um it takes a lot of skill to be able to have multiple contenders that are fighting for your attention and multiple storylines coming at you um and to be able to keep them all moving in, in the right direction i thought kenny was on fire tonight i i i'm incredibly impressed with our world champ um and and you you know SPD you can't go wrong with your pick but his his character work tonight just felt like it was the glue that held the show together for me so I I agree man he was on, on the multiple uh, promos and his in ring stuff it just it's been getting better and better and better the uh, the, the the cookie like the cookie <laughs> cookie monster is good good enough for me mother mother father that line from Kenny. And again, we talked about the Young Bucks earlier about how they they put the division on notice. But Kenny's delivery of that line, I yep. was cracking up, man. Like it just it's stupid but hilarious, and that's what makes the elite so great. The danglies and all, I love it. I love it. So uh, this party is going to continue all week because we are going to be special guests on Top Rope Squishies show again tomorrow with Broken Marcus Gray. And uh, it's going to be a party. So we are to stay tuned to our Twitter. We're going to tweet out the link of our show tomorrow. We're going to be guests on there. We did it last month and it was a lot of great time. So it's going to be a, a smorgasbord of all positive fun wrestling here. We had a great time doing it. So make sure you guys join us. Head over to their channel. We're going to be special guests. Team Dynamite download. I'll be wearing my baby face shirt. You better be wearing your uh, QT Marshall bowling shirt. I will do as it. As requested. As requested, and we can talk about our interview a little bit on the show as well, so we can get some of those other fans that we haven't uh, seen our interview yet. Plus, on Friday Night Flights and Fights, we're going to be back 10 p.m. Like I said before, this is our last 10 p.m. slot for now, um, and please join us. It's always a great time, and it'll be a great cheers and ode to the weekend. But, man, you guys, thank you guys all for joining us. We love See interacting you with you in the chat. A lot of the Dukes. You're going to get Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's a lot of Dukes. I hope you all join us for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And honestly, dude, we didn't even get a chance to talk about Andrade and the Death Triangle tonight. I, I feel. I feel like even like, for Friday. I feel. I feel like that at Crayfish is going to make it a personal mission that we talk about that feud uh, on Friday night. So we'll kick things off with Andrade and. Pop thank you. Thank you. Her thank request you. from Team Heal. Thank you. I'm, You're welcome. I, I like it. Um, 
I can't wait to talk to you guys all more about uh, all the things that are going on in AW. And and again, SPD, I love what you're doing right now. You have so much in st- planned for our trip to All Out. Um, you guys gonna, have no idea. Hopefully, you guys can be there as we get closer and closer, guys. If you're fans of of Dynamite Download and you're gonna be there at All Out, we promise you an epic weekend. We're gonna be tailgating. We got all sorts of great stuff planned. So cannot wait to talk to you and, and reveal those plans for you guys. Join us tomorrow with Squishy and the and villain. Friday night. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And then dot, Friday night, flights and flights, our favorite show of the week. Cannot great wait. Great way to end the week for sure. You guys know where to find us. We cannot wait for it. Uh, I'm going to sleep well, and you know where to find us. Thank you all for joining. Choo!